You are now sitting in Section 312. Today's show is sponsored by Fast Money. Fast Money is a clothing brand that started on the south side of Chicago in about 2012. Uh, shout out to the artist Fast Money OJ. You can type his name in on YouTube, SoundCloud, and go watch some of his videos and be looking for new upcoming music and visuals coming soon. Uh, you can also go fo follow at Fast Money underscore Sean on Instagram. Uh, he's the one in charge of the brand. I actually met him in DeKalb. He's a really cool guy. He has a vision for this upcoming brand and lifestyle, and it's taken off so far. Um, go follow the clothing page for updates and new drops at Fast Money Lifestyle Clothing on Instagram. Uh, the meaning behind the brand, Fast Money Lifestyle, it's a lifestyle, guys. You got to create the life you want by any means. And that's what these, this group of guys decided, you know, they didn't want to work for anybody. They wanted to become their own bosses. And I don't blame them. You know, people want to become their own bosses. So Fast Money Lifestyle, uh, there's a website that they have currently under construction at www.fastmoneylifestyleclothing.com. Uh, you could be looking out for the newest releases. And shirts. The shirts are pretty cool. The shirts are, are pretty cool. Uh, I got one of them, and it says Fast Money across across the logo in, like, a NASCAR-colored background. But it's not the same as the NASCAR logo, but it's pretty cool. Um, so you can go check them out next month when their website is up and ready. You can look out for their Fast Money tours with their artists, the Fast Money University. And that's Fast Money, guys. It's Fast Money. It's cool. Go check them out. Uh, our other sponsor for today's show is The Closets. Are you looking for quality clothing but hate looking at the price tag? Yeah, I do sometimes, and my bank account's a little low, and it's not payday yet. But I have the solution for you. Come on down to The Closet, located at 606 South Illinois Avenue on the Strip in Carbondale, Illinois. We, there, I mean, they have so many brands. They have everything from Nike to Adidas, Polo, Calvin Klein, Champion. They got everything, and it's for insanely low prices my buddy he's the one who owns the store he's got a steve nash jersey there from the suns throwback 15 bucks 15 dollars steve nash jersey i gotta go cop it soon uh he's opening grand openings on march 1st he may actually open a few weeks early uh so go check it out the closet you know you people say where'd you get that you get that tj maxx you get that at ross you get that where'd you get that i got it at the closet bro it's down the street go check it out everything's cheaply priced and you can find some really nice stuff there go check it out 606 south illinois avenue on the strip the closet all right let's go yeah and you say shy city Shy City, Shy City I'm coming home again Do you think about me now and then? Yeah Do you think about me now and then? Cause I'm coming home again I met this girl when I And we're back Okay, here we go I'm, I'm Q-Man I am one of the visionaries behind this My co-host is Andrew Miller, the mill dog And we, Andrew, how are you doing? I'm doing good. I'm doing good. You know, uh, just kind of keeping through, living life, you know, <laughs> can't complain. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, I think with this first episode, we're just trying to uh, kind of do a little bit of explaining about ourselves. we got a great interview coming up. We'll talk more about later, do a little bit of sports talk. 
Um, why, why don't you uh, do give the people what they want? Kind of what uh, what are we about here? I mean, we we're two we're two great looking guys. First off, you know, we gotta let the people know we're two we're two guys that like to interact with other people and just have conversations about topics that we care so much about, and that's sports. We're we're diehard sports fans. I don't we don't like watch a lot of like TV dramas or anything like that. Our drama is watching a game seven or a Super Bowl or an All Star game. You know, we're we're into real life numbers and statistics because. People are awesome. Let's just let's say it like that. P- these people, these athletes and famous people that we we meet and talk to, they're people just like us, but they found what they were good at at a young age and worked for it. Now, we found what we're good at, and it hit us now, and we're working towards that. So we, we have a lot of exciting content we're going to bring you. We have a lot of uh, exciting interviews with uh, people and athletes coming up will you guys will probably find it very interesting some of them will probably be funny some of them might not like us but you know you can't please everybody in this world yeah no i mean you know i think the uh the idea that we had kind of becoming uh coming up with this and you know trying to put this together was really just that we've kind of been yelling at each other and arguing about sports our whole lives so we figured might as well broadcast it in here if anybody gives two shits about it and uh, we hope that the people that kind of listen to this really like this. We're trying to reach, you know, uh, Chicago sports audience, keep it local, kind of keep it to the Midwest, you know, focus on the things that people in the Chicago area are really going to care about and be interested in. And, you know, I really think that, uh, you know, we have something good here. I think that we'll get a little uh, banter back and forth, you know, hopefully get some uh, bigger names on and, you know, who knows, man, maybe this will take off. So we're just along for the ride. Um, do you want to talk a little bit about yourself? Kind of uh, let the people know who you are, Q-Man? Uh, yeah. Uh, well, I'm, my name is Quentin Michaels and I go by Q man. I don't know how it started, but I'm going to give a shout out to Marcus Kamadi. Uh, I think he's the originator of that nickname. I don't really remember how it started, but it caught on. And a lot of my friends, they just call me Q man. I was like, okay, I'll, I'll, I'll ride with it. So I'm actually in Carbondale. I'm about to graduate with a degree in radio, television, and media from, uh, SIU Carbondale, home of the Salukis. My co-host, on the other hand, we're not in the same location at all. So we're doing this podcast from two separate states. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I'm uh, I'm out on the East Coast right now uh, handling some business. Um, but, you know, Midwest born and raised, kind of uh, floated around the Chicago area. You know, we've been uh, in close contact for a while. Uh, went to school at UW-Madison, shout out the Badgers, uh, hoping to get some contacts with that. You know, hopefully bringing a little bit of Wisconsin talk as we move on here. But fuck the Packers. We'll get to that later with our Bears talk. Um, but yeah, you know, just uh, kind of floating through. Uh, I'm a fucking engineer, so I don't know how the hell I wound up here. But I guess, you know, if you love sports enough, you'll just find your way to what you love. So, uh, yeah, that's uh, that's probably all I got for now. So um, moving on with some stuff that, um, you know, just general show logistics. You know, we're, we're hoping to drop an episode every Tuesday night. Uh, for now, we're just going to start once weekly, and uh, we'll be doing a weekly interview every week. We're going to try to throw in maybe some segments, obviously, hella sports talk, lots of kind of moving through that, uh, you know, touching on the Bulls, the Hawks, and uh, and uh, maybe we should talk a little bit about baseball here because I'm a lowly White Sox fan, so I've kind of hated everything that's been going on in the last five years. Um, but uh, you, on the other hand, have been spoiled in the last couple of years with your Cubbies, so... <laughs> 
it, yeah, it's been it's been a little bit of spoiling, but uh, at the same time too, there's been a lot of problems with the organization that we'll get into later on the show. But like you were saying, you know, show show every Tuesday for right now with weekly interviews. We do have merchandise that will be available soon once we get kind of our name out there more. We get more a little a uh, little more publicity and more interviews and more content out for you guys and. You know, you guys are always welcome to email us at uh, the email official section 312 at gmail.com, you know, with your comments, concerns, anything about the show you like or don't like. Any feedback is good feedback, whether you say, hey, you guys fucking suck or be like, hey, I love your show. Anything's cool. You know, it's a it's the free world. You can say whatever you want. You know, we're not going to judge you too hard. But if you, every week it's the same person being like, hey, you guys are just terrible. We, we might block you from emailing us, you know, because. That gets a little old, but that's us. That's the show, and I don't know. That's that's about that's about us. I was gonna say, you know, we're we're men of the people, so we're always here to hear any comments and uh, you know critiques that people have. Because you know, this is early on. We're still trying to get the wheels rolling on this thing. So you know, uh, our fans and the the listeners will be a huge help in getting that going and making this the best show it can. Uh, all right, so that's enough about us. No one really cares about that. Let's get to uh, what we're here for. Uh, let's jump into the Super Bowl, man. It's been a, it's been about a week now. Things have been able to settle in. Obviously, the game wasn't great. I don't need to tell anyone that. So, uh, what, what did you think? What are your thoughts now? Um, you know, there's been. Rep- I read an article today that said the Patriots actually had the blueprint of what the Bears did against the Rams that week, and and I, I could see it. I could see the offense not there. Uh, I could see Tom Brady just working the system. You know, Tom, Tom, let me tell you, Tom Brady is the perfectionist of the two-yard dump-off pass. He has mastered that pass throughout the years. Nobody throws it better than him. He's the best in the game at it, at throwing that short little two- to four-yard pass and letting his receivers do all the rest. But I, I think Todd Gurley was hurt that game. I don't know what's up with his knee. Uh, the defense. It was a defensive game, though, throughout. Oh, yeah. Yeah, no. I mean, it, it, was, it was 100% a defensive game. Um, some people say that's not good football. Other people will. Um, shout out Trey Wingo for yelling at everybody, uh, screaming at the top of his lungs, um, whatever. But, I mean, the game was boring. But, you know, we got to see Tom Brady. He's the fucking GOAT. Dude's unstoppable. He's, he's a killer. He, he gets the work done. You know, and I mean, yeah, I, I wouldn't say I necessarily use the Bears blueprint, but I mean, it definitely seemed, you know, um, put pressure on Jared Goff, scare the shit out of him early in the game, throw off his rhythm, don't allow them to get the play action working, shut down the run game. And I mean, you know, on offense, Pats was just, you know, hitting Gronk, hitting Edelman. And, you know, obviously Edelman got the MVP for that. So something worked out right with their offensive game plan. Yeah. And he got a sixth ring. I saw the video, too, that Bill Belichick actually went out to uh, party with them that night. And Gronk was like, oh, you know, you never come out. He's like, oh, yeah, come out tonight. You know, he's like, oh, all right, Bill, you got the tab. So they, they brought the coach out. Coach paid for all the beer, whatever they had. They had a grand old time. Now the Patriots have one thing to worry about, and that's where's Gronk going? What is he doing? I think he retires. I've heard rumors that Vince McMahon wants him in the WWE. I've heard other things like acting career in Hollywood. Uh, but I think it is official that in the soon, maybe around draft time that, you know, Gron- if, if he, if he had some knowledge here, he would tell the Patriots before the draft, Hey, 
I'm retiring so they could go out and draft a tight end, you know, maybe higher in the rounds rather than not expecting what he's going to do. But I, I expect that retirement speech to come really soon. Yeah, no, I, I, I totally agree with you. I, I think he's done. I mean, he has so much going on after this. You made enough money. You've, he's gotten his rings. He finally got to play in a game too, and you know, I think be used and feel valuable. I mean, I think he, I think he can ride off into the sunset with this instead of risking another year. But you know, who knows? What do you think about Brady and Belichick though? You think they're done too? Uh, I think Brady's gonna keep playing as long as he's gonna keep getting the paycheck. I mean, Edelman is still in his prime, and he's connecting with Brady on all levels. Nobody knows what the hell Josh Gordon's doing, and to be honest, I don't think anybody in the NFL cares really at this point. But it brings me back to the good point: Does Josh Gordon get a ring? Does he get a Super Bowl ring? If he gets a Super Bowl ring, I wouldn't come back. I wouldn't come back. Yeah, no. I mean, I I think Josh is done. I I don't think that's how it works. So he gets a ring. But maybe we could start a petition or something. I guess Josh Gordon, the Super Bowl ring. He, he pitched in a little bit. So, all right. Um, that's a wrap-up. NFL season's over. Sad time. But, you know, we move on and every year. And we have new sports to look into. Um, but really quick, I wanted to uh, get your opinion. Um, super, super, super early Super Bowl prediction for next year. Just something really quick. Just just hit me with it. Who, who are your two teams you got? Ah, uh, man. I, well, I'm obviously going to take the Bears because they should have been there to begin with. And Cody Parkey's now finally fucking gone. So, we who, who we have? We have Redford Jones out of Tulsa. Yes. Yeah, Redford Jones replacing Cody Parkey. Well, uh, technically- don't know who he is. Don't know who he is. Don't care. As long as the name is not Cody Parkey, we're good. So, I'm taking the Bears out of the NFC and out of the AFC. I... I got to go with the Chiefs. I got to go with the Chiefs next year. I think the Chiefs get it done. Uh, I know they're going to get rid of uh, Justin Houston, and they're going to open up some cap room to maybe go sign a couple other players to fill out their roster. But I'm going to go with Andy Reid, Chicago, Super Bowl. You know, I really didn't want to pick the same. Well, I'm not going to pick the same two teams, you, but I really didn't want to overlap at all. But I just don't think there's any way that, I, uh, barring an awful injury to somebody, that the Chiefs can't make it back. I mean, Andy Andy deserves a ring, number one. So I'm, I'm hoping for Coach Reed that he's able to get one. But, I mean, I just, I, I in no right way. I mean, the, the AFC West is playing the NFC North this year. The Bears have to go through them all. I want to say the Chargers, but I think Phillip Rivers is getting older in a one-on-one matchup or, you know, the two games with the homes. It'll wind up, the Chiefs will wind up getting the higher seed, probably getting a bye. And I think that makes all the difference in the NFL playoffs. So I'm going to go Chiefs, too. And, you know, what? I'm going to say Dallas. And I hate to say it. I just I hate to say it. But I think I think the Cowboys have a chance. That defense is picking up, um, you know, Leighton Van Der Esch is a fucking beast. Jalen Smith's a fucking beast. Linebacking core will be shored up. Hell, maybe even Sean Lee comes back. You know, the D-line's solid. They've actually been drafting well now that Jerry Jones has been pulled out of the draft room by force. Um, barring the DAC picks it up decent with Zeke and that awesome offensive line, man, I, I could see Dallas make you run. And so they're, they're more of a dark horse, but you know, I could see a Dallas Chiefs Super Bowl, which, you know, the NFL is probably hoping for. So, <laughs> um, all right. You got anything else with the NFL or uh, you ready to move on? I mean, this, that's pretty much it for our Super Bowl. I mean, you want to get into our interview with bear man. I mean, we had, we had Don Wachter on the show and I, I don't know how you felt uh, 
But I, I liked him, man. He's, he's a very nice guy. I mean, he was very easy to talk to. He was pretty stunned by some of the questions that we asked him throughout the interview, but he gave us some pretty cool answers, you know? We talked a little bit about smoking Jay Cutler, and he's not a big fan of Jay Cutler. I mean, I thought he was a cool guy. Yeah, no, I mean, Dom was awesome. Um, super cool story, learning about, um, you know, some of his, um, how he got to the bare man level that he is. Um, in the 2019 Ford Hall of Fans class, um, new inductee, got to go to the Super Bowl, see a bunch of cool shit. And, yeah, it was a great time with Don. I really enjoyed it. Yeah, Don, Don the Bear Man, he, he's awesome. You get a chance, go down to uh, Soldier Field, go to a game, look for the Bear Man. You can't miss him. He's got the big bear head on his head, and it's an actual from a bear rug. It was awesome. So I hope you guys enjoy it. Here's the interview with Don Wachter, the Bear Man. All right, we now welcome on to the show. We have Don the Bearman Wachter. He's the 2019 brand new Ford Hall of Fans inductee. Don, how you doing? Very well, guys. Very well, Q Man and Drew. I'm uh, still on the uh, the induction high, though. <laughs> so uh, don't know don't know when it's going to get over with, but I'm still uh, still riding it as long as I can. <laughs> Explain that a little bit. What do you mean by an induction high? Is there like an adrenaline rush? Like every, I, we saw all the videos and everything of all the places you've been and the people you've met. Is it just like still sitting in that you, you know, made it this far and met these people? Like how, how does it feel? Because we don't know. We didn't get inducted. Sure. No, right. No, I didn't. I just didn't know, you know, that Ford was going to do all this as far as, you know, what we we're going to do down there, you know, going to, you know, this, well, I mean, you know, David Baker knocking on our door. Yeah, I guess we did. I did find that out a uh, little bit beforehand. They released that, but uh, you know, then going to this Hall of Fame uh, uh, players, you know, uh, uh, memorial luncheon where there were seventy Hall of Fame players, and and they showed, you know, they showed uh, representative from Ford got up there and they showed the video, you know, me and Erlacher, you know, they also showed. Uh, the knock on the door to them, then they made us stand up. And that was, I mean, that was just so honor, you know, to get, you know, in front of all the, all these inductees watching this and, you know, then they, you know, then they congratulate you and so forth afterwards, you know, uh, they, they even made us get on stage with them at the end when everybody was taking pictures of them. So, you know, met, uh, met Dan Hampton and Mike Singletary there. So, uh, that was, you know, that was so cool. I wish Brian, what, you know, was there, he was at, the Super Bowl, but not at that, you know, he wasn't at that uh, ceremony. He, I guess he was busy with other things. So just that, and, you know, we, you know, we went to an Aerosmith concert, uh, Friday night. Uh, then we went to, uh, you know, this, uh, chalk talk Ford sponsored on Saturday with Joe Namath and Jerome Bettis. You know, I never met Joe Namath before. That was, that's quite an honor, you know, talk to him, you know, he congratulates you and everything and got his autograph picture, uh, and then, you know, just the whole Super Bowl experience too, you know, was, was out of control, you know, just all the, here's the other thing, you know, I mean, just everything went crazy too on Friday, you know, the bears were the first, you know, this hit Chicago quicker than, you know, my compet, my other finalists or, uh, inductees, Miami and Pittsburgh. I mean, by 10 o'clock, I was on the radio with the score in Chicago, you know, congratulating me. And then, you know, there was, uh, I think I went on with uh, Channel 5, WMAQ, 
FaceTime with them in the afternoon. Uh, you know, it seems like they tell me all the uh, all the TV stations, you know, covered it or mentioned me that night, already Friday night. And uh, and get this, I mean, the Bears were the uh, unbelievable how on top of things they were. The Bears had it out on Twitter. Congratulate me with you know my own picture on there, not just some video. Uh, Twitter, Facebook, and then uh, Larry Mayer, who runs the uh, the website, interviewed me, and they had a story on me by quarter to five on their website. And you know it's and where the other guys, you know, I I don't want to I don't want to talk bad about the other organizations, but you know the Steelers guy, he didn't get anything until. The next day at twelve, and the and the dolphin guy didn't get anything mentioned by his team until Tuesday at noon. So, uh, you know, I was just feeling it from the Chicago, uh, you know, the Chicago nation, Bears nation. Well, you know, I was talking to you too earlier throughout the week, and you were asking me, oh, you know, who do you think's my biggest competition, and everything? And I, you know, I told you, you know, I felt like you had this thing in the bag just because of how much the community backed you and how much you meant right. to the Bears nation, you know, and. Yes. That, that leads us into our first question. I'll take it here, Andrew, and then, you know, you can ask yours. But, I mean, how, how, how do you think Bear Man has taken on a life of his own? Like, do you feel like Bear Man is a celebrity, or do you feel like Don Wachter is a celebrity? Uh, <laughs> no, no, Bear Man's a celebrity. Yeah, I'm not a ce- – <laughs> no, it's Bear Man. And, uh, this, this, yeah, this past season has been unbelievable. This, it seemed like it was just a perfect storm, if you would say. Uh, you know, the bears doing well, uh, you know, getting on TV seems like a little bit more, you know, Monday night football used me in their promo against the Seahawks. Then, you know, NBC calling me up, NBC Sunday night football, calling me up and say, Hey, we want you to be on the field on pregame, you know, and then, you know, they, they used me to introduce Al and Chris. <laughs> I mean, that was a big, that was huge, you know, and, uh, you know, NBC Sports Channel here and uh, in Chicago, you know, did a story on me and 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 then just, you know, the whole then the whole Ford thing. I mean, that that would just blew things out of the water. You know, I've been doing this 22 years. And yes, I've gotten some publicity over the years with, uh, you know, like, you know, being on TV once in a while, but nothing to this extent. You know, the, the whole Ford thing with Brian Erlacher, the contest just it's over the top, you know, Chicago Tribune, they never did a story on me until this season, <laughs> you know, the Sun-Times never did a story on me, Chicago Sun-Times, so, and they did, and they did it up big, the Chicago Tribune, you know, the front page of the sports page, so, it's just, I'm not used to this, you know, I, I just not used, sure, I'm used to going to the Bears games, taking pictures with a lot of fans over the years, uh, but not used to this media attention, so, yeah, I mean, now, I, I'm getting people, you know, not too much, but, you know, say, hey, can you, you know, come to this event, come to that event for us? And never, never got that before, really. <laughs> yeah. Well, Don, it's great to hear that uh, the Chicago media has uh, taken you under their wings. So going off of that, would you actually say at this point that um, you've overtaken Staley the Bear as the official Chicago? <laughs> I mean, I think it's, it's, I think it's pretty close. So <laughs> can we just well, yeah. you as the mascot? Well, no, no, I mean, he, he's the official mascot. I actually know, know, know the guy who, uh, who does it. So, so, uh, I think I forget. So, uh, Adam, I forget his Adams, Scott, Scott's his name, but Scott Adams, but, uh, well, no, I mean, I, 
I am getting more. I mean, I probably hate. Yeah, you know, I really don't like to say this, but uh, you know, it's true. I'm I'm kind of a lot of people tell me this. I am the most famous fan for the Bears right now. We're most I'm out there. You know, no, I mean Staley's a Max Scott. That's a different area. You know what he does. You know, it's a is a you know it's a full paid position and so forth. Mine's a little bit different. You know, I'm I'm, I'm basically a a ultimate fan. I really even don't even like to using super fan. A lot of people use super fan. That is the the most known fan for the Bears. It just you know, and the media tells me that. So I you know I go along with them, and I kind of agree with them that really they're they're just it really isn't nobody's been doing this year after year, game after game. So uh, saying I get more popular than Staley, I don't you know I don't know about that, but. <laughs> But thank so, you, thank you though, thank you for the compliment. I mean, thank you very much. <laughs> we'll we'll try to do a co mascots. We'll see if maybe we can. Well, yeah, I mean, <laughs> I mean, yeah, I mean, they they used to call me the unofficial. You know, I don't know if you guys remember. I used to run with the flag on the field. But, you know, before they got Staley from '98 through you know 2002 at Champagne. You know, with as Bear Man the. Even even the costume wasn't as much as it was now, but yeah, I mean, they used to call me the unofficial mascot, not the bears, but people you would call me thought thought I was the mascot, even though I didn't really do mascot things except you know run with the flag. So, but uh, I yeah, I don't really like to use the word mascot. You know, it's I'm not on the you know I don't I'm not on the field, not you know doing uh you know not it really interacting with the the fans on the field more so in, you know, in the stands, I guess. So. Gotcha. Gotcha. You know, I watched a couple of your recent interviews and you were talking about how you're in between jobs and stuff right now. What if the bears called you and said, Hey, come work for us. And you know, we'll find a position for you or you'll be on the field during the games. Like, would that be something you'd be interested in working with the bears? Sure. If the, you know, if, if it's, you know, if the money is there that, you know, you know, could be a full-time position. Yes. I would be very interested. But you, uh, you getting any sort of revenue from any of this stuff that you've been going on, like from the interviews you've done with the new stations to, to go into the Ford hall of fans and hyping up their publicity for Ford. Do you, do they give you any sort of cut for this? No, they don't. You know, they, you know, they feel, you know, the prize they gave me so far, the, you know, going to the Super Bowl, you know, I brought a guest, you know, they, they say that was like $10,000 worth. I think I have to pay, I might have to pay taxes on that. So, <laughs> uh, you know, the tickets, you know, 2250 And then, you know, the trip to, uh, you know, the camp in August, that's another, I forget what they're going to figure that cost. So, uh, no, I guess, I guess, you know, some people are saying, Hey, you know, think that they're going to surprise me with a brand new, you know, decked out, uh, you know, Ford Bears truck. You know, sure, that'd be nice, but it's right now is not in the doesn't say in the contest rules as far as that. But you know, they, they can actually change things. You know, because again, they at first they said only one of us was going to be inducted. They changed that; it was three of us. So, but no, as far as no, nothing's really coming my way as far as far as you know interviews and that the last. Really, the the last money I made is I was in a Bears commercial two two seasons ago. I was paid one hundred fifty dollars, and when they did do their marketing promo, and then the only really time before that I was in a Miller Lite commercial back in '97, and that was five hundred dollars for one day's work. But 
that's kind of it. You know. So. <laughs> All right. Well, <laughs> well, well, well yeah, I, I, I definitely would. Yeah, if the Bears came to me and said, you know, well, even if they paid me part time to do something on the field, I'd be interested in that. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how you could uh, pass it up. So, actually, I'm going to backtrack a little bit here. So, you mentioned you were at the Super Bowl. You were in Atlanta. Yeah, I, I got to ask, just watching how the game went, how, how was the game first off? And do you feel somewhat duped that of all the Super Bowls in the last five years when they could have elected you to this Ford Hall of Fans that you got this 13-3 to fest that we all <laughs> kind of had to sit through? <laughs> well, I mean, well, it just, yeah, it's just, it's just kind of bad luck, I guess. I mean... I mean, the only this is the first year they had the contest, so I can't say you know about five years ago, but but just being there, you know, you had good seats. Uh, it's kind of strange, actually. You know, you're there and you don't have a team you're really cheering for. You know, I mean, that's that is the weird thing because the last time I was at a Super Bowl was in Miami, and and uh, you know, I mean, it was the excitement. So yeah, the the excitement wasn't there, but it was it was interesting. I, I was. I was cheering for the Rams, uh, the group around us, but you know, the crowd definitely was probably five to one Patriots fan. So, uh, no, I, I mean, I'm kind of just tired of these Patriots winning. It's getting, and well, here's the other thing. It's, it kind of gets me mad seeing the way the Rams played that the bears should have been there. I mean, that the bears could have been damn, definitely could have been a, had a better, uh, out, you know, better, uh, what should I say it here? Uh, you know, played a lot better than damn Rams played. I mean, that was, that was sickening. You know, I mean, our defense pretty sure would have shut out, you know, would have handled the Patriots. That's the bad thing. You know, what, what should have, could have, you know, all because of a kicker, which, you know, we could have been there, What maybe, you know, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure we would have got past the Rams and then we would have got New Orleans. Well, you know, it's a different story, but who knows, you know? Now I want, I want you brought that up, and I I gotta ask it now. You were at the game, the double doink. You were yeah. there. Can you can you describe not only what it was like for you watching that, but just the atmosphere of the fans around you go from oh we made it to what it didn't go in. Like how how did that feel? Yeah, I mean, well, the first you know the first kick, you know, he made it, and but it wasn't good, you know, like maybe you guys could tell me how that first kick looked, you know, cause I sit on the side of the goalpost. So I can't see, I have no really way to tell if he hits it in the middle or not, but definitely look low. And, you know, I, I, I hate to say this. I just had this bad feeling with him. You know, I think his head is Cody Parkey's head is, you know, I'm thinking, man, I don't think he's going <laughs> to, he's going to make this. I just, I just didn't have much confidence, you know, especially when he hit the first one, I'm thinking, you know, like, damn, he, can he do two in a row? And, but you know, I was, we, everybody was praying and, and, you know, being quiet and just, and just, and then when he missed it, it was just gut wrenching, gut wrenching, you know? And, but, but part of us was like, well, you know, this is what we've been seeing the last two months, three months from him. So, uh, yeah. You know, I mean, I, I have no really sympathy for him. I'm sorry. <laughs> he, you know, he needs to go, uh, you know, he, you know, something's wrong, you know, he just, something should have been done to, he shouldn't have got this far, you know, with him kicking, you know, that far, it just means too much. So, yeah, no, it was, uh, it was, that was a hard one. That, that was one of the most, I really can't think of another game that was, that we lost like that, you know, through the, you know, through the years here. 
Yeah, and I mean, it's and and it's been you know a long climb to get to this point, right? You know, it's been a, right. it's been a rough couple of years. The Bears have been definitely down, and you know, it just looks like everything's going so great. And then, as you mentioned, you know, the um, the who knows what could have happened if that double doink doesn't happen and it goes in and that first kick yeah. was where we could be onto the Super Bowl, talking about the Bears being Super Bowl champs right, right. now. So yeah. there, they did surface on social media that Robbie Gold was at the game. He was in the stands. And yes, did, yes. was there any just general remorse do you think among the Bears fans where we're just missing Robbie completely to death right now? Because I know we are. So yes, definitely. Everybody, everybody's saying, you know, why did we release Robbie? Why did you know, you know, also get it when you know when also when they find out that he's he's in the stands, you know that route, you know that came out, and you know that he's a free agent and he loves Chicago. Yes, there's, there's huge remorse, but I don't know if you guys know, uh, hopefully maybe you guys know this, that, you know, Robbie says this quite a bit when he, when it's brought up, you know, he wasn't kicking well when, uh, when they released him, you know, he, he did miss some big time kicks there and it, that made him get his, you know, re what, what reevaluate himself and recommit himself. And he got better. He got so much better. He said, so, I mean, that was a good thing, but we should have then. I forget, you know, we should have then got him back, you know, maybe after the Giants. I guess I don't know if the, you know, he's only signed one year with the Giants, then he went to the 49ers, you know. Even before he went to the 49ers, maybe should have got him back. But I don't know, you know, it, it was one of those John Fox things. For some reason, I don't think John Fox liked him. He wanted his own guy from Denver. That's how those those things work when you get new coaches. There's no really loyalty to sometimes, uh, you know, kickers and so forth. But, yeah, I mean, here's – Here's, you know, as you guys know, I met Robbie twice down in the hotel, the bar there, bar and restaurant. And uh, he's such a great guy. And he won't, he really won't say anything as far as, you know, saying, yeah, I, I want to come back. You know, and I tell him, I, you know, he, he, he smiles and says, thank you. But, you know, he, when I first met him, he actually said to me, he goes, he goes, he goes, bear man. He goes, did you, uh, this was a Thursday night. You go, did you win the Ford Hall of Fans? I said, no, I won't find out till tomorrow. So, uh, and then when I seen him Saturday at breakfast, you know, he congratulated me and so forth. And, and that's when I brought up again, there was an article out in the Tribune or sometimes that, you know, there's rumors of that, you know, he wants to come back or bears want him back or, you know, everything. And he, he just said, you know, thanks. And was very cordial, but he just doesn't want to address, <laughs> dress that, I guess, until the time comes, you know, until, well, till the Bears, you know, speak to his agent, I guess. Right, right. It's time now, to one more thing, uh, one more thing before we break into Bear Man himself. You mentioned, you know, you've talked a lot with the Bears organization, and we're curious, you know, has anybody promised you a Super Bowl ring for when they win? <laughs> for when they win? No, no. <laughs> I mean, yeah, you never know. I mean, when they win, they there, there could be that surprise, like, like Steve Bartman, I guess, right? <laughs> but uh, yeah, I don't know. I mean, it, it. I don't know. It'd be hard for them to give one fan a ring, and you know, oh. somebody else is, well, says, you're "Oh, yeah, fan. yeah." You're not just a fan, you know. You're the ultimate fan, and you're a part of the Bears organization. I, you know, we got your back. We we could possibly make some moves here and get you a ring for when they win. Well, that yeah, that'd be nice. That, thank you, guys. Uh, <laughs> I'll hold you to it, right? <laughs> no, that that yeah, that'd be so so special. Yeah. <laughs> All right. So I do have a serious question. So as you mentioned earlier, Brian Urlacher, 
uh, you got to meet him. He showed up to present the nomination. Uh, obviously, uh, I hate to just ask the, you know, what was that like question, but first off, uh, what was that like? And second off, did his hair look as fake as it looks sometimes, or was it, was it glowing and looking, uh, you couldn't tell the difference? Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, I mean, he, uh, no, the, the, the experience was mind blowing because it just took me by surprise, you know, because, you know, they were interviewing me, you know, the film crew was here. I was so distracted with this, uh, interview that where they said, well, you're not a, you're not nominated yet, depending on this interview goes and so forth. So, you know, so I was, you know, kind of worried about how the interview was going. And then just in the middle of it, you know, that, that huge pound on the door was strange. You know, it's like, I got a doorbell. How come nobody, usually nobody pounds on the door that loud. And I thought one of the crew members, you know, there's like eight, nine people here in my house, you know, filming sound and everything set up. And I thought one of them locked themselves out, <laughs> locked my door and just opening it. At first, I, I, I thought maybe this is something else not related to Ford. And I go, okay, did I win something else or something? Cause I, until he said, you know, you have been nominated, you know, for the Ford hall of fans and this, it just yeah, it just yeah, blew my mind. And he's such a great guy, you know. He, you know, he's still quiet. You know, he's still quiet. But you know, he came in and he was very interested in all my memorabilia and you know pictures I had. You know, I got a picture of of him and me from his rookie season. You know, when I ran the flag outside the locker room, and he signed. You know, he that he had signed for me, and he is like he said. You know how he mentioned how he how much different he looks then than now and. uh you know, I have a lot of Walter Payton stuff, and, you know, he really loves Walter Payton. You know, Doug Buffone, you know, uh, Jim McMahon, he said he golfs with. Uh, uh, you know, he was really – he liked the history of the Bears I was going through. And uh, as far as the hair, well, I mean, yeah, I think it looks pretty good. He still – you know, he still has a bald spot up on top. I don't – I'm not sure if they can do anything with that. So, But, uh, but I don't know. I, I, a lot of people – I don't know why a lot of people are down on him with his hair. I mean, I, I think he looks – Okay, but good. I think it's just the steeple of um, Brian Urlacher's aura in Chicago more than anything. As a man who has um, limiting crop on top to begin with, you know, I I associated a little bit with Brian Urlacher and his uh, when he was going through the bald phase. So now, you know, he's he's betrayed us as as, uh, the bald (laughs) phase going through. But uh, I mean, obviously happy for Brian. He looks fit too. He was looking he was looking real lean. When I, you know, yeah, yeah. Well, he says he says he bikes a lot. That's his big thing. You know, in Arizona, that's where he lives full time now. He doesn't have any houses back here. So, you know, he's. I heard him say he mountain bikes a big time. He likes to eat still. He says, but he, you know, he mountain bikes and probably you know out there with the heat and that. So, uh, but yeah, but he definitely could tell he's. Uh, you know, he's he's not as muscular. You know, it doesn't need to be anymore. <laughs> but, but yeah, he's definitely slimmed down. So. Uh, but yeah, he. Uh, I think you know he's enjoying life, and you know he also mentioned about you know coming back now that Phil Emery is gone. I, don't, I I assume maybe you guys knew there was problems with him and Phil Emery that he really, you know that's that's the general manager who got rid of him because uh, you know he still wanted to play, but uh, now that Phil is gone, you know his ties to the Bears are stronger now. He's you know he goes up to Hallis Hall, you know, he's mentioned to me how great Hallis Hall looks, you know, compared to when he played there, I guess, how much, you know, better stuff they have, the cafeteria, well, it's a huge expansion. So, uh, you know, it looks like, you know, 
he's back in the fold now. Uh, well, you've seen how the playoff game they had him and and Dick Buckus. I was I was so trying to get his attention, and I, and I couldn't. He didn't see me because they had these like video boards where the, him and Dick walked through right out of the tunnel. Cause that's where I, you know, he didn't see me cause you know, I, I'm sure he would have maybe came, come over to me. So, but, <laughs> but no, uh, that's, you know, I, I forget what I was saying now, but anyway, <laughs> go ahead. So, um, so you're talking the Ford hall of fans and Brian shows up at your door, you know, let's break down bear man a little bit. Can right. you describe, like the origin of Bearman, like what motivates you to just wake up and become Bearman? How what is the routine for Bearman on a Sunday game day? Okay, well, you know, the first question was how it came. Yeah, I just didn't what you know, just didn't come up with one day. See, I always been doing you know, having season tickets from '85. Always been doing something a little bit special every from the beginning. You know, I used to blow these air horns right at the at the game. I used to bring in with me, you know, when you know, the, they scored or a sack or whatever. Then I went to waving these flags. They they came out with bear flags and out me and another guy in the end zone were like one of the first ones to do that. Then I even got custom flags, you know, made. And then that led to, you know, putting on face paint probably like in the early nineties. I, I used to wear like even a, a regular regulation bears helmet. Then that went to those punk rock wigs that came out, you know, costume shop shops, you know, like blue ones, orange ones. I used to wear that. And again, I guess the idea came. Uh, I always loved the Bears logo. I loved the part of me wishes they'd have the Bears logo on their helmet instead of the C. The C's fine, but I really love the Bears. A lot of times I just see my hat, you know, I got it on. A lot of stuff I buy is the Bears logo, the head logo, Growling Bear instead of the C. And uh, I, I thought about, well, you know, going to a costume shop, maybe getting a bear head that, you know, that growl, you know, had a growling face on it. No, there's nothing in costume shops then, you know, all, the, all this cutesy stuff that, you know, the bear smiling like a cuddly teddy bear type. And then I think back in 95 or, you know, early 96, I seen a guy in the next section over just one game. I think it was he actually had a bear skin rug on a, a whole bearskin rug, a black bear, like on his head and his back. And it, he wasn't really have a costume besides that or, or, you know, that kind of gave me the idea. I was like, wow, you know, I like the head on it. I didn't want to wear the whole rug. That's kind of really wouldn't work. Uh, so I, you know, I called some taxidermists up, you know, see, you know, that's usually where you're going to buy one of those. And I found one in Palatine that had one for sale in his shop. It was a smaller black bear, and I guess nobody wanted it because it was a smaller one. But uh, I went up there, looked at it, and it was a great, looked great, uh, you know, good price. And I was too embarrassed to, to tell the guy, you know, hey, you think I could cut this head off and wear it on my head? You know? <laughs> so, but, I, you know, so I took it, had a friend help me from work. You know, it's mounted on plywood. You got to cut the plywood off. Then there's styrofoam underneath. So I'll spoon that out. I had no idea it could, you know, fit on my head, but, you know, put some foam padding in it, put a strap around it. And, and basically bear man was born like in November of 96 season. I wore, I wore the head for the first time. I think, you know, with face paint, the plank Jersey always, you know, I just had jeans on at the time. And then uh, it kind of took off because, you know, a guy from NFL films, 
was there like right off. He came into the stands and filmed me for their, the bears highlights for the next year. And because of that, uh, the next season, uh, NFL films, uh, was hired to do these Miller light rapid fan commercials. And so they, uh, this was at the Monday night game against the saints or maybe a Sunday night game against the saints when Dick has returned. So we did commercials here in Chicago to, com- that's the first time I've been paid. And then, Things kind of just escalated, and then after the '97 season, some friends and family asked me, told me, you know, you should, you know, this was the Wanstad years. You should, you know, write the Bears, you know, a letter saying you want to be involved some way in the game day activities. I said, why are you cra-? You know, I said maybe they'll let you on the field. I go, no way. Come on, why would they let me on the field? And by God, they, I, I wrote Ken Feldeseri there in January of. 97 or 98, I should say. And two weeks later, he wrote me back, said he liked, you know, he knew of me from, uh, from other stuff. They used me on their calendar once when I had a, a punk wig and face paint bear down flag. And he, and he said, yeah, let's, let's meet at the fan convention. We met at the fan convention that year, the first fan convention Then he had me come to Hallis hall. And he said, well, you know, we're not going to make you the official mascot. He said, actually he was kind of concerned that because of the, the head is a real bear head and he, he actually thought PETA people might be uh, giving them some problems. So he said, well, you know, we still want you on the field somehow. And there's an opening to run with one of the giant bear flags. So, you know, so I got that, you know, that was such a, that was such an honor and a good way to meet players, you know, after the game and, you know, used to hang out along the locker rooms and so forth. So, you know, and then the, that I did that from, uh, you know, through 2002, you know, then unfortunately what, with the new stadium, they hired state, you know, they told me that they were going to get an official mascot and they said, unfortunately, you know, either I could apply for it, but I didn't, you know, I don't have any mascot experience and I didn't want to quit my job either. It's a full-time job. And they, they said, well, you could still run the flag, but without, you know, the costume, you know, cause the people who actually hired me back in 96, 98 weren't there any longer. They had new people. So they really didn't know my background. So, you know, I ran without the bear man costume for two years. I got tired of that. I I didn't want to lose the identity of bear man. So I went back in the stands. So, uh, you know, and, and, and my costume then evolved too, through the years, you know, I used to wear Zubaz pants on the field and that sort of thing. But, uh, you know, now I got fur legs and fur arms and everything. So, uh, but yeah, I mean, that's, you know, but as far as my routine, you know, I get up at three in the morning, you know, to, to tail, to uh, put on my face paint. I don't, you know, I'm kind of anxious to get going first thing in the morning, uh, head down to our private tailgating lots called the Chicago bears tailgating club at, at Wabash and Cermak there, uh, Chinatown. And, uh, you know, we're diehard tailgaters. We, we can't, you know, we can't, work with that four hours like the other lot. So since it's private, there's a bunch of us that get there already at five in the morning between five and six. So, uh, that I, you know, head in, the, I head in the game real early too. That's the other thing, you know, I head in a little after 10, you know, I like to, I like to visit Jay Hilgenberg, uh, doing the pregame show and, uh, take pictures with fans also. So, and hang up my bear, my bear banner on the wall, the bear down banner. So, yeah, I, I have a pretty good routine going. <laughs> uh, so, 
how many pictures would you actually estimate you've taken with fans over all the years? Uh, Just a rough. Yeah, number. yeah, that's. Uh, I definitely a couple. Uh, I bet ten thousand or more. Ten thousand. Wow. Sure. Yeah. I mean, I here's the thing. You know, actually, I bought a clicker here recently. I thought <laughs> I thought about doing this one game is actually just to do it where I kind of would sacrifice watching the game. Maybe go to the stadium and just uh, and just walk just walk the whole concourses and walk up the aisles and and take pictures. Just let people who don't get a chance because you know, I mean, I do. When I go to my seat, I stay there until halftime. Then I sometimes visit some friends at halftime, so I stop for pictures there. But, you know, if it's before the game, you know, a lot of times people aren't able to get to me, you know, because where I sit, they don't allow people to come down and, you know, get a picture. But, yeah, I mean, if I just, you know, part of me wants to think, well, let's maybe just get pictures with, (laughs) see see how many I can do in one day, (laughs) one game. So, uh but yeah, it's quite a bit. Yeah. <laughs> what are uh, what are some of? Okay, give me one of the best games you've been to, and one of the worst games that you've been to. Okay. Best games? Well, probably yeah. Best games would be well the uh, the two games you know besides the you know the the championship game against the Saints, you know. Uh, there in 2006, you know, well, I guess it'd be 2007, but you know, the championship game was, was just unbelievable how we handled them. But, but as far as exciting, you know, I was, cause I was running the flag, those, the back to back, uh, 49ers and Browns games. You guys remember though, uh, where, uh, Mike Brown intercepted the pass and ran it in for a touchdown to end the game. Yes, yes, yes. Yes. I forget which one was first, if the 49er game was or the or the Browns. You know, you know, fans were leaving. At, I remember the first one. I think maybe it was the 49er game. You know, you know, they just made that incredible comeback. And an interesting thing happened with that uh, the 49ers game when I ran the flag there across the field when they won. David Terrell came out. You guys remember David Terrell? <laughs> Yes. Wide receiver, number one draft pick, but he didn't didn't really work out too well, right? Uh, he actually grabbed the flag from my hands and grabbed it. <laughs> it was yelling and shouting something like "Not in our house, not in our house!" And then he stuck the the flagpole in the in the ground. <laughs> he was just going crazy. So, uh, you know, those games and the worst game had to be that uh, that Halloween night game. In uh, was it ninety? Yeah, ninety four when the Bears were celebrating their seventy uh, fifth anniversary, and they inducted uh, uh, Dick Buckus and Gail Sayers. You know, they not inducted. I'm saying retired their numbers. So, and the just the rain was terrible, terrible. And you know, and then I think well, I think it was Monday night, I guess Monday night, and the Packers. You know, we're both of us were wearing those uh, throwback uniforms, and and Brett Favre just. You know, just embarrassed us, and we were just—I never seen it rain so much. You know, I mean, it was just—that was before I actually bear man. Actually, I was wearing a cone head at that time, <laughs> <laughs> and, you know, a painted cone head. Me and my brother, but yeah, that—that that had to be. And there was like probably nobody left at the. You know, one rule I have is I never leave a game early, no matter what. I just—I just never did it, and I don't think I ever will. I know, 
Uh, never leave a game early, no matter the score or the circumstances. And I remember that game. There was like nobody. Some Packer fans mostly were left on that game, but I stayed to the end. But that that was an awful one. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think it's definitely a testament to um, obviously to withhold the super fan uh, mentality or ultimate fan, and I mean, just a fan in general of a team. You know, you shouldn't back down. I mean, one obviously there's you're paying good money to the game and two it's you know these guys on the field you know you you don't just abandon your team just because it's a rough night to do so i completely agree with that statement so you mentioned earlier that you were at the 2006 or yeah 2008 i'm sorry super bowl in uh miami right right. notorious the unfortunately you know bears come up short peyton manning gets his first ring but we have the Devin hester return so just how electric was it in that stadium? What was the atmosphere like when, you know, Devin Hester returns that kick, the Bears yeah. fans just go nuts. What what was that scene like? Oh, no, it, it was just, we were, yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, first of all, the, I think the, it was, you know, definitely two to one or three to one Bear fans, the Colts fans. So that's one thing. So, yeah, the plays were just going, we just, I guess we just thought we had it. You know, we had this game because we scored, you know, we the way it happened, you know, it was like, everybody said, oh, they're not going to kick to him. They're not going to kick to him. Well, they did. And yeah, it just seemed like it just wasn't gonna, we had this game and then, you know, things just turned and that's another, I mean, here's another thing. I just barely got into that game. I didn't have tickets to that game. You know, the bears, I asked, you know, I didn't win the lottery. The, you know, I kind of asked the bears, they said, sorry, you know, but no. <laughs> so uh, me and a friend went down there with no tickets. Uh, prices were very high. I mean, uh, like over 2000 or so, or no, not two, you know, like 1500. I think my limit maybe was a thousand. And, uh, you know, I, I met even Dick Bucks, Dick Buckets, son, Matt, the night before on uh, South beach, you know, I was walking around dressed as bear man and, you know, he wanted to help me out. You know, he said, well, if he had any extra tickets, he would give me one, but I guess he didn't, you know, just him and his dad and family were gone, but, uh, we got lucky. We, me and my friend got tickets from two Cuban, uh, limbo drivers who, uh, cause we would go through the last, just seeing somebody else was helping us get tickets, a bills fan, you know, kind of asking, you know, anybody got tickets and these guys, just you know they weren't really advertising too much these cuban limo drivers they were giving free tickets to whoever rich people they drove to the game and i think i think face value was 600 we paid them 800 they were pretty good seats in the lower end zone on the other side of where devin hester scores so we didn't he didn't come our way but but yeah but uh you know then the whole rain thing i mean that's another i mean that's kind of led to some misery too we're pretty wet but uh but yeah i mean it was it was, you know, it just seems like our defense, you know, just couldn't do it. The the offense sputtered, you know, should have used Thomas Jones, you know, the whole game, not Cedric Benson, you know, uh, just didn't have, didn't have the offense that year, in my opinion, you know, the defense, it, that's why things have changed now. Now we got the offense and the defense. Well, definitely the defense, but I now I feel we're not going to go through this thing like we did in 2008, you know. Whereas, whereas mostly, uh, mostly defense. Yeah, definitely, definitely. Looks like the Bears are starting to turn on. Quentin, you have something? Or... Uh, yeah. Uh, after, after that, you know, after that season of the Super Bowl, you know, things started changing around the culture. We acquired new, a lot of new players. I want to know because you're at almost every, you're at every single home game. Does Jay Cutler actually look like he was trying? 
for the Bears, or was he? Could you tell he was just there to collect his paycheck? Uh, yeah, it looked like he was just there to collect his paycheck. Yeah, that Jay Cutler's a sore subject with me too. He, you know, being there, sitting at the tunnel, and you know, watching how through the years, you know, how these players come in and out, and us fans, you know, you know, supporting them and you know, cheering them on. Jay was terrible to his fans. I hate to say he, he never would look up, <laughs> you know, he just didn't care for us. He wouldn't acknowledge us, you know, never. And, and, and you could tell that, and I've heard some, you know, I can't mention them here, but I heard some, you know, my buddy who, uh, who knows, you know, some of the, the bears organization, the qu- equipment guys, there's some, yeah, there's some strange stories on Jay, how, how, you know, how he just, you know, didn't care for the fans and, and, and just wouldn't sign autographs and he was bothered by fans coming up to him. And, uh, you know, he, you could tell he, I don't know. I, I still think he wanted to win, but unfortunately it was, he just, he just didn't, it wasn't a leader. I forgot. Yeah, that's the thing. He was not a leader with the, with his, with his offense, with his, his teammates. And it seems like so many, so many guys, he didn't connect well. Even Brian Erlacher, I think, <laughs> he kind of lets it known that Jay wasn't a good a good teammate. You know, I mean, yeah. that's what. Yeah, it's, it's a shame because he had all that ta- talent too. That's a shame of it. He had all the talent, but you know, couldn't get along with coaches and so forth. So, I don't know. You know. So, um, really, yeah. then with, with Mitch, then is there is there definitely a different feeling? Mitch is really into the fans. He's in, you know, the people inside the Bears kind of organization that they really feel that you know Mitch is kind of embraces that leadership role, enjoys the fans, enjoys being in Chicago, and just the different aura about him. Oh, oh yeah, yeah. Def- yeah, definitely. I mean, I mean, yeah, you see him signing at training camp. You know, I don't think Jay used to do that. I mean, tra- I mean, you know, he he signs a little bit maybe at the game. You know, they really don't have much time to sign before the game. Right. But, you know, he's definitely, you know, interacts with us fans a lot more. You know, I mean, it looks at us and, you know, and waves at us and so forth. And, yes, we've been hearing it, you know, through the coaches, you know, or organization how, you know, he's a, he's just a leader. He's and he's and he's and he's kind of modest, too. But he, he's, you know, being a being a young guy, he's taking control of that offense. And he just it seems like, you know, he's. He's so happy to be here. That's the other thing. I don't. I don't think Jay really was even happy to be here. You know, it was just. I don't know. You know, with him, he he just. You know, even though you know Mitch, Mitch too. You know, he's. You know, he could probably do a lot of commercials and everything, but football is more important to him than, you know, the outside stuff. But he does. You know, he, I see he's showing up at charity events, and Jay wasn't much. You know, he Jay did have his own charity, but I heard that was about it usually didn't show up on much else. So right. no, Mitch is, but Mitch is really, you know, dedicated, you know, one thing too, maybe he doesn't get out that much, you know, with the signings and that, but I think he, he's so concerned about learning this offense. That's number one with him right now. Yeah. Yeah, of course. I mean, you know, as a, as a young quarterback, he, I, I mean, he seems very committed to the game, but I mean, part of being a professional quarterback, part of being in this NFL league, you know, you, you have to have to some extent that interaction with the fans and it's just almost um, incessant in coming with the job. Right. So I, I completely understand what you mean by, you know, he, he puts he's at work, but he's also handles his business off the field. He handles just kind of, you know, his media appearances, his charity appearances, and that's great to hear. So, 
it's a nice change of pace from what we've had. And, you know, look, look the way he dresses, too. You know, he does a Dicka sweater and right. what else? I forget. You know, he kind of – I think he kind of loves the embrace, the Bears history, you know, too, that, you know. I don't – you know, I just Jay never would have done that. No. <laughs> uh, here's the other thing real quick. On, uh, when he gets interviewed after the game, you know, Jay was up there and it was – he it was a chore for him. He hated these questions from the reporters. You know, because, you know, he hated it. So, <laughs> yeah. uh, Don, we got a couple more questions here before we let you go. Uh, we appreciate you again for taking the time out of your day so we could talk to Don Walker and the Bear Man. Because, you know, it's kind of like you got the split personalities. You're a superhero here. But uh, what have you seen the schedule for uh, next year in the home games that you're going to be attending? Because the Bears do have a very tough schedule next year. Yeah. Well, yeah, they do. That's unfortunately, that's that first place schedule where you get you know two games now you gotta you know where you play the other you know team's first place finisher so yeah that we you know we're playing the uh afc west so uh you know besides the raiders it's it's not gonna be easy no it's it's interesting uh i forget you know for you know the cowboys you know we got the cowboys coming here uh it's no it definitely is a tougher schedule but at the same time you know, we're going to be better offensively. We're going to be better. Can't say defensively. I'm a little bit concerned, you know, losing Vic. You know, that's, that is a concern. Uh, so uh, whether, I mean, we got, hey, the other thing, we really got lucky last year. I don't know how you guys feel with the injuries. Man, yeah. I mean, we really, can that happen again? I hope it can, but. It seemed like we, uh, the Bears defense for a majority of the season stayed pretty healthy, you know. Our, our main concern should probably be the offensive line because it feels like offensive linemen get hurt every year. Yeah, which, which is kind of strange because usually, you know, usually the offense, you don't, don't see too much, in my opinion. I always thought the defensive guys. But, yeah, it's, uh, you know, I, hopefully Kyle Long will come back as good as ever. So, uh, you know, but, you know, we got, you know, some people are saying, well, maybe, maybe we should move uh, – you know, Cody Whitehair to, you know, to guard and move, you know, Daniels to center. You know, I, I heard there's been talk about that. Uh, I don't know. I, I, you know, I mean, they, they just signed what Massey to a new deal, you know, and, you know, and Leno played real well too, I think. I mean, uh, I don't know who, who is the weak spot on there, you know, not sure really. Uh, you know, there's always, I guess, you know, you can always draft a tackle and so forth. But, yeah, if they stay healthy, I don't think we're going to have a problem. Uh, Andrew, you got one more question you want to ask? Um, yeah. So, obviously, years and years and years of Bears games, and we've tended to focus on the Bears here, but I am interested. Is there any player on opposing teams, you know, I'm thinking of like a Patrick Mahomes or some, you know, young superstar on, you know, throughout the years at all, who was the just craziest, most just jaw-dropping player on an opposing team that you've seen? Because I don't want to pick Bears. I don't want to bias towards the Bears here. So, like, on another team, you know, yeah. if you had Wow. That's, yeah, that's, that's, that's an interesting question. I just can't. Thank it's you. hard for me to, to think about that. Or I know a way game I went to, I know Priest Holmes, I remember when seeing him, you know, that's when he, when he broke that touchdown record. I was in Kansas City for that game when he broke it. I'm pretty sure that was the game he broke it to. But he was, but, you know, he, he just kind of, flared out there uh uh maybe you know jerome bettis you know i when that, i was in pittsburgh for that game when he was 
he was he was a beast in that game when it was snowing out and he kind of schooled uh, Brian Erlacher and so forth. Uh, I don't I remember you know years ago Terrell Owens. I don't I remember I wasn't at this game, but in away game Terrell Owens just lit up. This one, the Cade McMahon, you know, was playing. <laughs> he just <laughs> lit us up for how many yards and how many receptions. So yeah, it's probably let me think of it. Probably Terrell Owens that that one time when he was very very good with the uh, 49ers. So great. Great. Okay. Um, actually one more quick question. Now that I'm thinking about it, um, was Lovey Smith's coat really as puffy in person as it was on TV? Cause that thing was probably about double size when it would get down below 10 degrees. So I, oh. I just, it, what was the experience like looking at that? <laughs> his coat. Okay. Yeah. 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 I, yeah. I think now I remember it. I guess, I guess I, maybe I just didn't think it was that, <laughs> this, this, is big, but... we're seeing. this is what we're this is what we're focused on obviously is is looking at lovey smith's coat but i mean when it's oh. look like you're in a christmas story bundled up about right players deep you know <laughs> yeah yeah no i guess i just to me it's just so weird seeing lovey with the white beard you know so you also the coat came with him to u of i too the coat the coat oh, did it <laughs> he's still rocking the look he he embraced okay. it though so it's great <laughs> all right quentin do you have anything else yeah, yeah. My, my last question for uh for the bear man is do you see a place in the world where the bears no longer need bear man and bear man no longer needs the bears do you have a retirement speech ready in your back pocket whenever that day comes uh no not yet i mean I'm going to keep on doing this as long as I can. That's, that's, you know, or, you know, health wise, you know, as long as I, you know, could do it. So that's my plan. I don't know. Part of me wants to think, you know, how long can one guy go doing this? Cause you know, a lot of these fans, these other fans I see, they, you know, they only last so long and, you know, right now I'm going into year 22 or three, 23. So I don't see it as long as, you know, uh, you know, it allows me to, and, and, uh, and, you know, less, I don't know, less people, you know, come to me and say, oh, you know, aren't you kind of old for this or something? I don't, you know, no, I mean, it's like, <laughs> I, I think it's cool if I've been doing this in my 70s. <laughs> so, well, the, face, uh, the face paint take, takes 10 years off. So, so. yeah, that's exactly. <laughs> it, it would hide all the, it would hide all the wrinkles. Yeah, exactly. So no, I mean, uh, whether or not the bears, you know, that's, I guess, I don't know. I would think, hopefully they wouldn't want me to retire. I guess part of me thinks, part of me thinks my, I'm getting stronger with uh, my association, <laughs> especially with this Ford hall of fans and so forth. So, but no, I don't, uh, I don't, I don't have a retirement. It's, it's, it would be a health thing. So, you know, I haven't missed a home game since the last game of the 95 season. So I got that streak going. I kind of want to keep that continued so that's kind of important to me you know to say i have this i do have this streak you know so i got like 100 and i think it's like 195 straight games i think total it's like i'm in the three almost 300 games i think you know total games so i definitely want to keep that streak going so no no it will be uh, no retirement speech nope. guys <laughs> <laughs> what so just just one more um, bounce off of that. So is there a plan for if slash when that day comes or if you just go on, will the reins get passed to somebody or are they going to have to come up with their own persona? Will, will the will the yeah, yeah. will the bear helmet and the, the glove? Yeah, that's 
laws be passed along. Yeah. Wow, wow, that is interesting. Yeah, very, it is very interesting whether or not, you know, somebody should. I don't know, you know, just like, you know, I knew the barrel man, Tim McCarron there of the Broncos, you know. Uh, you know, he passed away, unfortunately, and several years ago now. And I know some people were trying to impersonate him, and they kind of, Kind of told those people, no, you, you know, some woman actually was trying to impersonate a barrel woman. They said, no. Uh, yeah, some people asked me that. I guess I don't think I, I don't know. I think I, the, the only problem I have is people who are trying to imitate me now. There actually is one guy. There's a couple of people who I see now uh, who are kind of doing the, the, the same bear head thing, you know, taking it off a rug. There is one guy. I seen here this past season that has been painting his face, you know, not the same as me, but painting his face. I think he's wearing a, uh, paint Jersey and, and does have the, like uh, the bare skin rug over him. So it looked like, look like there's invitation there. Part of me thinks, well, you know, I don't want to start anything. Part of me, you know, would like to say, yeah, Hey, how about coming up with a, you know, idea of your own, you know, yeah. you know, this has been done, you know? So, uh, but yeah, so, but no, after, yeah, after I retire giving it to somebody else, yeah, I don't, you know, if there's a close friend of mine or, you know, a young guy that wants to do it, I don't think, I think that'd be a possibility. All right. All right. Great. I, uh, I think that's it. Must quite, you have any, uh, last ones? I, I think we've pretty much dissected the bear man here. You know, Don, we really appreciate you coming on the show. You're always welcome back on. Maybe we'll talk to you again sometime after the Bears uh, do their draft. Uh, and we will we'll work on trying to get you that Super Bowl ring for when they win the Super Bowl next year. Thanks a lot, Don. <laughs> All right. Thank you, guys. All right, Q man and Drew. <laughs> <laughs> And that was the interview with Don Wachter, the Bear Man. Like I said before uh, the interview, it was a great interview. It was uh, brought to you today by Swazo Paintings. Uh, Swazo Paintings has been painting your... They bring a color to your world, basically, for the last 20 years. They're throughout the Chicagoland area. It's owned by Raul Swazo, and he's he's the boss. He's the best painter around. He's the cheapest around. Free estimates, you can give him a call at 630-272-2096, or you can send him an email at suazopainting at iCloud.com. Uh, he does interior, exterior, he stains decks, he power washes, he does drywall repair, he fixes cracks, he'll do tile, basically. He does a lot of stuff, and I've I've known him for a while. He, he's done big places from big-time garages for history museums for these old-style cars to residential and commercial like Gerber collisions and I remember one year he he painted former Bulls player NBA Eddie Curry's house it was like a five million dollar house and this isn't a shout out to Eddie Curry or a dislike that but the house was like trashed a five million dollar house trashed it was like four stories with an elevator there was like holes in the wall everything was trash and he completely redid the entire house in like a month and a half there was i believe like 20 to 25 bedrooms in this house it was massive it was huge and he did that so quick and it was awesome give him a call you gotta you want to bring color to your world you just want to change up you want to take out take down some wallpaper give him a call swazzle painting 
630-272-2096. So that was the interview with Don. Like we talked about earlier, Don's an awesome guy. How about you want to get us some NBA talk? Yeah, yeah, let's jump into the NBA. I'm down to do that. So I guess we should start being Chicago people with the fucking Bulls. What, what, what the fuck's going on, man? I mean, I guess we're in tank mode. We, we, can, we, can we agree we're, we're in full-blown fucking tank mode? It is the best year to be a Bulls fan, and I don't want to care what anybody says. We are in full-out tank mode, and I fucking love it. I love it. I'll give you two words why I love it. Zion Williamson. I want him. I want him so bad. So we'll get into this later, but I mean, you know, you and I both uh, obviously on Saturday were uh, watching the Duke Virginia game and man, he is just fucking massive. I mean, he is, he is just coming out of nowhere, blocking shots. People just, you know, taking an easy three and he's just leaping out of the fucking gym and just sending it back into the crowd. It's fucking wild. He is, he is insane. Um, I personally, we can debate this at another time. I'm more of an RJ Barrett kind of guy. RJ's my dude. I think RJ is going to be the better player, but we'll talk about that in college basketball talk somewhere down the line. Uh, getting back into the Bulls, we're in tank mode, shooting for that number one pick, looking for something to change this lowly franchise. Um, we're, we're dumping people off. We're, we're making trades. We're freeing up cap space. I, I agree. I love it. It's a good time to be a Bulls fan. We're not caught in basketball purgatory, which uh, you know is almost a worse place to be in than in tank mode. Um, so obviously we have the uh, one of the funnest or I guess I think the funniest parts about this is well the Wendell Carter injury. So I don't know if you have any words on that. It's awesome. I love it. Wendell. I don't think Wendell was ever truly hurt, you know, but because the Bulls are in full out tank mode and you can't just be like, hey, we're in full out tank mode. Otherwise, they'll get fined and probably suspended with draft picks and stuff, you know, but they recommend Wendell Carter get surgery on the stuff. He didn't have to, but they recommended he sit out the rest of the year and get a small procedure done on his thumb. And I would have also recommended that he gotten the surgery. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I completely agree. I mean, first off, what's the point? You know, you're a top 10 draft pick. He was playing pretty decent. You know, he looks like he's going to be a serviceable NBA player. There's no point in having him out there if he's hurt. I mean... All you're doing at this point is risking, one, him getting hurt further, and two, you're just blowing away wins. So, I mean, I definitely am in the camp. I mean, Laurie's lighting it up. He's giving us something to watch if you're a Bulls fan, which is at least relatively enjoyable. I think he had, you know, 30 and I think 15 or 18 the other night. You know, he, he's been going off. Um, we have the man, the coach, Jim Boylan. What the fuck is this guy doing, man? <laughs> God. He sucks. <laughs> you know nobody on the team, nobody on the team even likes him or respects him. I, I believe they all like just didn't show up to practice one time. Is that it? And they had like leadership meetings or something. It was Jabari, bro. Jabari was conspiring behind him because um they were they were he was making him do two a days with conditioning on back to back like on on you know back to back days. So he was he was making him in the gym at the whole time, calling him soft and shit. But I mean, man. He's, <laughs> With Hoiberg, that shit didn't work. Can't run this college-style system. It, it doesn't work. I mean, I, I don't get it, man. These are NBA players. They're making their money. You can't make them just go run wind sprints. Like, it doesn't work like that. They have their own trainers. They're conditioning in the meantime. It's, it, th this man is 
it's insane. But we're gonna we're gonna get to this in a little bit. Our um, top five tanking teams of all time, or we're gonna draft our tanking teams. And I think we can both agree that Jim Boylan definitely should be the fucking coach on both of those teams. Wait, are we doing we're doing our top five teams or the players for our own team? No, I'm sorry, players. <laughs> that would be a good one too, though. Our top. We'll do that another time. But yeah, we 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 drafted our top five players to start on our professional teams if we were trying to tank. If we were Jim Boylene, if we were him, what players would we want to help us tank? Because that's what the Bulls did. Let's be honest. They they gave him the contract extension knowing how bad of a fucking coach he was, and he was the best in the business to lose games. So for the next two years, we get good draft picks. And I don't I don't see a problem with that because, I mean, they're not publicly coming out and saying, hey, guys, we're going to suck. But here... We're going to let you know we're going to keep locked down the worst coach in the league. I mean, can you imagine if we get Zion, for instance, and Zion just walks in the first day, it's just Jim Boylan, red-faced, fucking screaming at people to run wind sprints. He's going to be like, what the fuck did I leave Duke for, man? He's going to go back. <laughs> he drops out He drops out from the NBA and registers back for college. Yep. Can he do that? After you get drafted, can he go back to Duke? No, he can't. But could he go to a different college? No, no. Once I think once you go to the NBA, you're you're completely ineligible from playing. Uh, Why basketball again? Because I think it's just the rule. Because they only have until like sometime around the draft to declare, and after that point, they're done. Okay, okay, that makes sense. But anyway, you know, let's let's go back to Jabari and Bobby Portis. You know, they were recently traded uh, from the Bulls before the deadline to the Wizards for Otto Porter Jr. Bobby Portis, I don't know how much you know about him, but he said back in the summer he wanted to be a bull for life. He he loved the city, and he loved the franchise, and the franchise gave him, nope, Bobby, you uh, kind of ruined our process when you punched Nikola Miritich in the face at practice, so <laughs> fuck you, and good luck in Washington. So... Yeah, so it was funny as hell because I was watching, I'm scrolling on Twitter, you know, have a couple of beers in front of me the other night watching, uh, I think I was watching actually the uh, Virginia Duke game. I see something tweeted by the uh, Bulls Twitter account that's um, Otto Porter's made his first three uh, career shots as a Bull, and uh, Bobby Portis um, quote tweeted them with, so what, I made my first six shots as a Wizard, No, or as a, I'm sorry, um, yeah, as a Wizard, and uh, <laughs> no one's talking about it. So he's... <laughs> He's salty, man. Or Bobby's salty, which I don't blame him. But they do get, unfortunately, the man, the tank god, Jabari Parker, off the team. But uh, what, what do you think of the deal, just at a, at a face value? To be honest with you, I like it. Uh, because, first off, you, just like you said, Jabari, he was getting paid $10 million a year, I believe. Uh, get him off the team. Get rid of that cap. Even though Otto Porter is getting paid like $27 million, when his contract is up, it'll be 2021, I believe. And uh, I think they, they're not going to go after a free agent until around then anyway. So I believe that he's a good name to bring in seats for a little bit and maybe get them an extra 5 to 10 wins. But it's still tank mode, and we're still planning for the future right now. I don't see Chris Dunn or Zach Levine being on the team by within maybe the next two to three years. Uh, but I think the future is 
Larry Markinen and Wendell Carter. I don't know how I feel about the auto porter trade. I mean, it definitely, you got rid of Jabari, which cleared up bad cap space. I think Otto's, you know, 20-ish million a year is uh, definitely a little bit to swallow, but the Wizards get to clear some cap space. And, you know, I think worst case, he becomes a good trade asset down the line, you know, over the summer or something. If, you know, you want to clear up more cap again, you know, he's, he's a good asset to have for the future. So moving on, we'll go across the NBA now. We have the Knicks and Mavericks, who made probably the biggest splash, I think, if you would agree with me, at the trade deadline. KP, Kristaps Porzingis, sent to Dallas. Mark Cuban loves his Eastern European tall white dudes. He's building a team of them. Um, they also get <laughs> Tim Hardaway, <laughs> Courtney Lee, and Trey Burke also going with him. And then um, Knicks getting back. DeAndre Jordan uh, headlining the deal with uh, Wesley Matthews, Dennis Smith Jr., and a couple draft picks. Um, I guess we'll just go quick hitting opinions on that. Uh, the Knicks, I think it was a great move for both franchises because the Knicks get the guy who they always wanted to draft in Dennis Smith Jr. He's a he's young, he's upcoming. I I see him becoming kind of a Donovan Mitchell, not right away, but he will eventually develop into that role. Uh, DeAndre, De, DeAndre has uh, not so much of a great contract and he's kind of on the decline and he can't really shoot a free throw to save his life. Wesley Matthews is a decent shooter and they got two draft picks to draft. Um, Chris stops, you know, him and Luca are going to be like Steve Nash and Dirk. And like Mark Cuban said before, uh, he should have never let Steve Nash go. And he's right. And now he's got his second chance with Luca and, and, uh, Chris stops. And I, I really do like the deal. So my first big opinion from my limited NBA knowledge is that I think a lot of it is it really relies on KP's health, right? I think if Przingis's knee holds up, you know, he's 7'3", so, you know, and you know how big men are with their injuries. If he can hold up, this is a one kind of bump in the road. He doesn't show anything else on the line. He's young. He's going to be fucking great. And I think if that happens, the Knicks are really kicking themselves after this deal. I just don't know if it's going to wind up being something with that injury. They're really worried about it and probably trying to go after a couple of free agents so you can clear out some cap space and the Knicks can really open up um, to pursue Durant. I don't know how likely that is to happen, but New York seems to always have pipe dreams with that kind of shit. So who knows? We'll see where the dominoes fall. Um, All right. Moving forward, we'll go through another quick one. We have the 76ers going all out for this NBA championship this year. Um, they get Tobias Harris sent over to them uh, from the Clippers. Um, kind of a couple other um, pieces in the deal. But really the big thing was the Sixers kind of dishing out draft picks in exchange for Tobias Harris. I think everybody on their team is now averaging over 18 a game. So, I mean, they're, they're, they're you know, their first team, their starting five, they're, they're shooting their shot for this championship. Do you think they really have a chance, though, going against the Warriors? I, okay. Just because you said that, I don't, I think this is the first year that we could potentially have no LeBron and no Golden State in the finals. Who, who do you think is coming out of the West, then? You're going to, everyone out there listening right now is going to criticize me and Call me an idiot, but I don't sleep on the Denver Nuggets. Get the fuck out of here. Swear to God. Oh, no. Hear me out. Hear me out. Denver's team 
I wa- the last game that I watched that they were on TV, their uh their backcourt was all hurt. They had three bench players starting, and the point guard had thirty five, and the shooting guard I can't remember his name had like twenty something. Small forward had like twenty something, and they were guys I've never even heard of before in my life. And they don't have Michael Porter playing. They don't have Isaiah Thomas even playing yet. And Nikola Jokic is putting up triple doubles like they're water. I'm taking Denver and Philly in the finals. You're taking Denver and Philly? Yes. So you're saying no Celtics? No, Celtics are done. Celtics I, are done. I considered the Lakers dead. I thought the Lakers have been dead for a while. The I don't Lakers, think The Lakers might not even make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, I think LeBron knew what he was getting into this year. I think he's okay with it, but I, I, I think, yeah, I think the Lakers are done. But man, I mean, I, if, I can't pick against, I can't pick against the Warriors in the West. I can't see them coming out of the West. I, I just don't see a team that when they get hot and they're down to business playing with Boogie Cousins getting healthy, that that's any chance against the team. They, they only won by two tonight against Miami. Yeah. No, I mean, I, I mean, when the Warriors are on, when they know it's time to strap it up, they've performed and they've shown it over the last couple of years. I think that that season where they were chasing the Bulls for the best record in NBA history. Taught them a lot. Yeah. yeah, I think I think that taught them a lot about, you know, saving the wheels, kind of keeping it, keeping it slow. And I mean, what they've won back to back since then been to four straight. I mean, you know. Okay, so that so you're going with Philly, and that that'll move us into the or you're going with the Warriors. Who you got coming out of the East? Then you you're going with Philly, or you're not going with Philly? The original question. I think we'll see Kawhi take the Raptors up. I'm serious. I think I think you're looking at me like I'm a lunatic. I'm okay. telling you, I think I could see the Raptors heating up. Kawhi gets it going. I think I think with that team that the, they just made a move, they're good. They'll be good. I, I like that, and let's get into that. The Raptors, okay? I do like Kawhi is my second favorite player next to James Harden, and let me tell you real quick, James Harden, the only reason he's my favorite player is because he has one move in his arsenal. He's got one move, and everybody knows it, and it's that step back three, but nobody can do a damn thing about it. Yeah. Kawhi is my second favorite player in the league. He plays great defense. He's a great scorer. He's a great shooter. And he's got the greatest laugh anybody's ever heard. That shit's hilarious. Anyway, I I hope he gets them over that hump, but Drake has cursed that team. That t- I don't see that team winning until Drake stops having his like Drake nights and cursing the team. Like it's it's bad. They've choked the past, like, four years they've made the playoffs. They haven't even made the Eastern Conference Finals, I don't think. I feel like they might have made the Finals one year in there. But, yes, I mean, the Raptors always seem to find a way to choke. But Kawhi wasn't on those teams, man. I mean, Kawhi, under under Pop, you build up some sense of being clutch. And I think he's shown in the past, outside of his last year, where he threw somewhat of a temper tantrum, He's he's been pretty fucking clutch. So, moving into, actually another dark horse of mine in the East that I think definitely can upend Philadelphia, your shit pick is the Milwaukee bucks. They make the trade. They get a three point shooter, former bull, the recipient of the infamous Bobby Porter punch, Nicola Miritich. Get him from the Pelicans 
four second round picks, Stanley Johnson, Jason Smith. Are the Pelicans tanking? Um, I, I don't necessarily know that they're tanking because I think they, I, I think they're still in the playoff race. Um, but the fans hate Anthony Davis. Every time he touches the ball, they boo his ass out the gym. And I don't blame him. The man, he should not have said, hey, I want to leave. He should not have said that. Everybody knew he wanted to leave a year ago. Everybody knew that, okay? Uh, but I don't think that him staying right now is a reason to tank necessarily. But the, what they got from Miritich was a pretty decent offer. I probably would have accepted it too. Yeah, no, I mean, I guess I understand that. I mean, you know, I think the box, it's a good move for them. I think if you're, you know, I, I think if you're um, New Orleans, I, I don't know necessarily. If I agree with you with booing Anthony Davis. I mean, the man can get the super max, but they really haven't built up very well around him. You know, getting Boogie Cousins is somewhat of a half-assed effort. I think he just wants out. I think he wants a bigger market. I think he wants a bigger stage, and I don't blame him for it. Probably also wants to go play with LeBron, which we'll get back into with uh, our all-star talk coming up in a little bit here. Um, all right, we're 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 almost halfway through the NBA season, um, right at the midpoint. We have the all-star game rosters. Um, I can just run through them quick. Uh, so Giannis has um, Joel Embiid, uh, Giannis playing, of course, in the starting five, Paul George, Steph Curry, Kemba Walker, and then Team LeBron with Kevin Durant, uh, Kawhi Leonard, Harden, uh, Kyrie, and LeBron rounding it out. So what are your initial thoughts kind of hearing those when they came out? I think LeBron's team's going to kill him, dude. <laughs> you got you got four of the top five players in KD, Harden, Kawhi, and LeBron on the same team. That's going to be an ass whooping, dude. But nobody plays defense anyway. But I think this could be the first game where we see a combined 400 points. How many over under two and a half half court dunks by Giannis where he takes about two or three steps from the mid court line and is just yamming the ball? Maybe six or seven. Oh, you're going way over. Yeah, it's going to be a lot. Oh, you're going way over. All right. Yeah. I'm interested to see that. Um, I think it's definitely an interesting dynamic, though, with Giannis and Steph Curry on the same team. That'd be a pretty cool, actually, NBA team to have. Dude, I, I love the new format of the All-Star game. It's so much better than how it used to be. And now that they're doing captains and making like the whole weekend experience better, I, I, I love it. I, I really like watching the celebrity All-Star games and watching these like really old celebrities try and become like ballers and just start like uh, uh, like Michael Rappaport goes out there in like the headband and <laughs> In the in the super high shorts, and he gets like all in Kevin Hart's face every year. That shit cracks me up. Bro, Kevin from The Office being on it a couple years ago might be one of my favorite things ever. I'm pretty sure Bieber got crossed over pretty bad too in one of them a couple years ago, right? Mac Miller, Mac Miller got crossed. Rest in peace, Mac. You know we <laughs> love you, Mac, but you you got your ankles broken in heaven up there, man. You got your ankles broken. Uh, but yeah, the NBA All Star game it'll be fun to watch because it's just a scoring montage and there's no fouls really ever called because no one's playing defense i don't think has anybody ever gotten like seriously hurt at the all-star game i want to know oh god uh not in recent memory at least as far as i'm concerned i feel like otherwise it'd be really different but i do agree with your point earlier man i mean the nba just stays winning in terms of getting their fans interested i mean the pro bowl fucking sucks the baseball all-star game the mlb all-star game is just fluttering 
And, you know, it was something that used to be big, but it's not anymore. I think the NBA has definitely taken the reins of maybe with hockey is the two best all-star games. Um, yeah. yeah, I get what you're saying. You know, the all-star game is awesome, and uh, the Pro Bowl does. The Pro Bowl is fucking trash. It's terrible. Nobody watches that shit. No one watches the Pro Bowl. The all-star game, you, I mean, I like the fact that the all-star game, that the winning team, they stopped it, though, right? The winning team doesn't get home field advantage anymore in the World Series. No, yeah. I mean, well, that was, uh, in my opinion, kind of a crack rule to begin with. I mean, I guess it gives you something to play for, but in theory, it should just be the better record. Right, right. I think uh, the All-Star weekend for MLB, I look forward to most is the home run derby, you know, but not when Schwarber gets fucking robbed over Bryce Harper, who's just cranking out pitches before they land. But I like watching the home run derby for the MLB, but I do like the new format for the NBA All-Star game where they're, they're doing the drafts now live on TV, but... I don't know if you watched it. Uh, I, I saw some of it while I was at the gym, and they were doing the draft on live TV, but it wasn't like in a studio-type aspect of it where they're together doing the draft picks. It was like a Skype interview thing, and they're both sitting in the locker rooms before they're about to run out on the court and like play their games. So it's like they're doing this quick before they actually have to go do their jobs, you know? I would have liked to see it more of an actual, like, televised event where they're there, you know, (coughs) excuse me, picking the players right then and there instead of right before they're about to go out to the game. And LeBron actually, uh, he actually kind of went off the top of his head and tried to make trades during the All-Star selection of them choosing their teams. And he ended up trading... uh, Russell Westbrook to team Giannis for Ben Simmons and then Giannis was like oh yeah I'll do that but I want your boy Dwayne Wade too if if they were doing that so I thought that was pretty funny I don't know if you saw that I did I did well I I heard about it and saw like bits and pieces of it on uh, social media but I think this Westbrook thing I think has some levels to it right LeBron trying to recruit KD maybe to LA yeah pretend that they're their little uh, frenemies type deal kind of uh show up russ a little bit i wonder if that was a little shot at him at uh at westbrook at lebron yeah i don't know i i do i do not know but i mean let, let's talk a little a bit here about this our all-star selection the commissioner made dirk nowitzki and Dwayne wade honorary all-stars for the game they're not having all-star seasons at all by any means but he put them into the All-Star game, which is going to add to their statistical records of how many more All-Star games they've made because of their names and how much they've done in the league. Did Kobe make the All-Star game his last year? I'm not sure he even did. Uh, yeah, I mean, I, I don't know. I'm not sure. But, you know, fa- first opinions on this, right? It <laughs> it reminds me a lot of the end of the Derek Jeter era in New York where they were just like fans were just forcing him onto the team, even though there was he had no reason being there, which is kind of funny, kind of interesting at the same time. I but, guess what, what puts the asses in the seats, right? Yeah, no, 100 percent, 100 percent. I mean, you know, I guess it's a good little kudos to them. I mean, they're already Hall of Famers anyways, so it's not like adding them to one more all star team is going to change things in any way, shape or form or like force them in. So, I mean. You know, I think it's a good tip of the cap, I guess, by the NBA. I hope they don't do it with a lot of players and they kind of restrict it to these, you know, first or second year into the Hall of Fame guys. But it's definitely interesting. Uh, I don't know how many minutes they'll end up getting. <laughs> like, uh, do you think do you think 
they get what over under eight and a half minutes. I'm gonna say under. I'm gonna say under. They'll probably get in for maybe about four to five throughout the All Star game. Maybe a little bit at the beginning and then at the end to take like a final shot or two, you know. But uh, that's that wraps it up. Would you say for about the All Star game? You want to get into this our draft, our teams? Yeah, let's do it. You can start. I'll start. Okay. Yeah, so, for everybody listening, we are drafting our top five players to start for our teams that we're trying to tank in the NBA. And straight off the bat, my first draft pick would be Anthony Bennett. That man fucking sucks. He he couldn't make a shot for like 16 games or so into his career. He had not scored like a single bucket. And he was a number one draft pick. Now he's not even in the league. He would definitely be starting on my team. Did he go to play in Canada? I think he, I, I know he's from Canada. I think he went back there to play. What, uh, what do you want current day? Um, you think current day Anthony Bennett or rookie or Anthony Bennett? I mean, <laughs> there's not much of a difference, but. Oh, there is no difference. Anthony Bennett, draft day. Anthony Bennett, that's who I want. Perfect, perfect. Okay. Um, I want post Nick's mellow on my team. He's going to all the shots. He's going to put some asses in the seats. God damn it. <laughs> I had Mello. Son of a bitch. I want uh, any, any post-Nick Mello. So you got post-Nick Mello. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's your, that's your first pick? Yes. Second pick, I'm going Cameron Payne. Cameron Payne, is, he can't, he's not good. I don't know how he made it to the league. Nobody wants him. I don't know where he is now. I don't care. He was a bull, and I wouldn't even want him on the Bulls ever, but he could definitely come play for me and help me tank. So Cameron Payne is my number two. Yeah, I mean, I think Cam Payne has actually a history of just being passed around along the tanking teams. You know, kind of in that, like, well, like just high enough to where, like, all right, you can start, but, like, please, 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 if I'm winning, just stay off the court, man. Um, all right. I'm going to go a little old school with this next pick. Um, Psycho T. Tyler Hansbro. Ah, that's a good pick. No. That's a good pick. Now, now, let me explain myself here because I had a lot of thoughts. And what I realized is when I was going through these, I always kind of circled back to that gangly white power forward that can shoot threes and is kind of like teetering on the edge of being a bench player or starter. Psycho T. Tyler Hansbro. Bring the muscle. Um... UNC stud no longer <laughs> very much, so I'm going with Psycho T. That's a good pick. That is a very good pick. My next pick, my third pick, I'm gonna go with Manute Bull. He was seven foot seven, tallest dude. He couldn't score for shit. He averaged four points a game in the NBA. He averaged like five blocks a game, but he could not score for shit. So my third pick, I'm going with Manute Bull. Hopefully, Bull Bull is a little bit better. I really like Bull Bull at Oregon. Well, his his, his, uh, his other relative, Teak Bull, plays for SIU down here. So I get to see Teak Bull and Kavion Pippen, who, spoiler alert, will be coming on the show later down the season. So. Oh, that's, that's a good plug. <laughs> okay. Uh, number three, uh, third player. I, I kind of tried to pick these guys like I could actually feel the team out of them. So... Um, I'm going, we talked about him earlier, Michael Beasley. Oh, 
I can get high as fuck in my locker room. Hell, fuck. I'll give him weed and he can show up to the game. I'll be like, just there <laughs> and pretend like you're playing. Oh, that's 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 really good. That is a really good pick. Um, what pick am I on? I'm on pick four. My fourth pick. Well, you already took post Nick Mello, so and because Carmelo's poisoned every team he goes to. I'm gonna go with L.A. Lakers Dwight Howard. Fuck, that's such a good one. I forgot about Dwight. Right, Dwight. He doesn't like playing with anybody. He likes to try and be the man, and he tries to be a point guard when he's not a point guard, and he tries to shoot, and he can't shoot free throws. He's just a big body, and he's the softest player in the NBA. He gets pushed around, and he just he, he's a bitch on the court. Everyone makes him their bitch. So I'm taking Lakers' Dwight Howard as my fourth pick. For such a beefy dude, he just got the shit beat out of him. It's unbelievable. I think Kevin Garnett almost made him cry, I'm pretty sure, at one point. <laughs> <laughs> um, all right. Um, pick four. He was a god in 2K for whatever weird reason. He knew Turkaloo on the magic. <laughs> this is this is my player that's actually going to be serviceable on the court. He was actually a really decent player with the magic for a while. Can shoot the three. All stud. Um, he's going to be, he would be our, he, he's going to be our pinnacle of my tanking team. He's your, he's your franchise player. He's the only player that's going to stay after you take. I don't know if he's going to stay, but he'll be our franchise tanking player for sure. Oh. <laughs> All right. Who you got for number five? Oh, number five. That's tough. That is tough. I could go one route or I could go the other route. I'm going to go the route. I'm going to take the player that I don't think was ever drafted in the NBA, but he averaged two points in college at Washington State. I have taken LeVar Ball to round out my team of tanks. He's going to be like, my sons, they're still in my balls. They're not out yet. This is back when he's in college, you know. He's like, I haven't had my sons yet, but they're going to get drafted. Big baller brand, y'all. It's my team. Give me the ball. I'll face Jordan. I'm taking two points a game, LeVar Ball. Fuck. I, I really like the LeVar Ball pick. That that just that went completely under my radar. That's a good one. Um, all right. Shit. I stayed more modern with this one, and um, I kind of feel bad actually saying it because he could still be good, but I, uh, you know, here, we'll do this. Um, Markel Fultz, but only to shoot free throws for my team. <laughs> <laughs> Like, I want a designated free-throw shooter, and I want Mark Helfold shooting my free-throws, but only when he's doing that weird-ass hesitation thing. He's like, I got, I got it, guys. Hold up. Wait. Uh, there it is. <laughs> Bruz, Bruz fakes were so good, he was fooling his own team. <laughs> jumping off on that. So. Yeah, that was our teams. Those were our teams, the best, uh, our all-star tanking team. Uh, you want to move away from the NBA? You want to move into MLB real quick here before we wrap things up? Or you want to save the MLB? You want to save some MLB for next week's episode? Yeah, let's save some MLB. Um, do you, uh, you know, let's 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 give it a quick though. Uh, let's do a, like a minute, just something real quick on uh, Saturday's NBA or Saturday's uh, college basketball. LeBron and Rondo. Poor Rondo, by the way. They were only showing LeBron. Rondo's right next to him. He's halfway through the camera. Was that the Duke um, versus Virginia game? 
looked like he was scouting for the Lakers. Who do you think? Who 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 are you thinking he was looking for there? Uh, I think, I think I texted you this. I think they were looking at Cameron Reddish, uh, because I think where their draft pick is probably going to fall, that's where he will probably be, because everyone knows Zion and RJ are probably going to go one two, and then DeAndre Hunter will probably be up there, and uh, the big man out of Kansas and uh, some other players. But uh, do you think? I mean, I I think they're looking at Reddish. I, I think they're looking at Reddish, too. Or, yeah, because I think DeAndre Hunter is too much of a not what LeBron's going for. I think Cam Reddish or maybe Trey Jones, depending on uh, how, how high their pick is and how if uh, – I don't know if Trey Jones is already kind of going to wind up staying there, but I could see a Trey Jones. I, I like the Cam Reddish idea. I – yeah, I mean, maybe he was just admiring Zion, man. I mean, he could have just wanted to go show some love to Zion. I, I, I didn't see if there was anything about it after the game. I'll talked about it, but uh, – yeah. Okay. Well, could he have been there too? Because what didn't Scotty say that Zion looked like the best prospect to come out of college since Jordan? Uh, let's let's wrap things up. So, Cuban, you got a little surprise since we're doing MLB talk next week, huh? Yeah, I'll actually be in Arizona for the Cubs spring training. I think we're going to I think we're going to the Dodgers practices too. So that'd be cool. Try and talk to a few Dodgers. Um, but I will be in Mesa and around spring training and practices and hopefully i can bring you guys some content with uh maybe a cubs player or two you know maybe some front office people i'm i'll, I'll be honest with you though andrew i want a bullpen catcher i feel like if i get a bull if i get to talk to a bullpen catcher someone that gets paid hundreds of thousands of dollars to just play catch i feel like he's got some stories that he could share about the team or what does he get a ring does the bullpen catcher get a ring if they win the world series like i'm pretty sure they do actually that's what i'm saying that's got to be one of the best jobs in sports next to like the third string quarterback it's or the backup kicker it might be the bullpen catcher oh for sure for sure i think i think it'd be definitely uh interesting stories for sure being around the locker room being with the guys hearing some of the weird-ass shit the pitchers do, being superstitious motherfuckers. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think we'll hold baseball talk off the next week, but I do want to say that I think we're going to see a Harper signing in the next week. I don't want to say who, because I don't want to pick it, or I don't want to I don't want to hint at anything or uh, guess wrong. I want to hear it. I want to hear it. What do you, who, where do you think he's going real quick? I mean, you and I talked about this earlier, man. I, I think he's going back to Washington. I think Scott Boris put the bait out there. I don't think anyone's taking it. I think that's new lands. That's the thing, though. If he was going back to Washington, he would have accepted the three hundred, the three hundred million dollar offer that they sent him. Yeah, but I mean, I think he still wanted to test the waters. I think he still wanted to see what other people were willing to pay him. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. We'll, we can talk about this next week, but I think we're going to see a Harper signing. Machado, I'm not as sure about. Okay, you got anything else? No, I mean, you know, I think the, you know, this is episode one early. I think we're, uh, we're, we're, you know, there'll be some growing pains through this, but, you know, we, we always will appreciate the feedback from the people and, you know, anything that uh, you guys can give to, uh, you know, help uh, help build the show and, you know, make it a great experience for everybody, we'll uh, completely appreciate it. So that, Quinn, are we, uh, you got anything else to say? No, that's it for me. Uh, thanks for sitting in our section, 312, and we'll talk to you guys soon. Peace out, guys.